and welcome to a new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. This is Goshen News Sports Editor Austin Huff here with you on another week. Happy, uh, hope everyone had a very safe and an enjoyable Thanksgiving uh, holiday weekend break thing. I don't know really what to call it. Uh, Thanksgiving is only one day, but then you get Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So, like, I don't know how many people have actually worked since the last time we recorded a podcast last week, but uh, we're going to just say happy, help you enjoyed all of it. That's uh, pretty much where we're at. So, uh, we got another guest in the uh, room this week for the podcast. Uh, and, and, you know, this man needs no introduction, but we're going to try to do it as best as we can here. Um, he is still the winningest coach, boys basketball coach in Elkhart County history led Bethany Christian for 35 seasons, uh, 371 victories, four sectionals, two regional championships, uh, retired, recently retired from his <clears throat> career in education. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Jim Bowler is in for the podcast this week. Jim, how are you doing today? Austin, that's very gracious of you, and uh, <laughs> thanks. It's good to be here. Uh, been a long supporter of the Goshen News and, uh, you know, Elkhart County Sports, so fun to be here. Yeah, and we really, uh, really enjoy you being in. Uh, I had someone, Denise Reisner, Reisner, she messaged me. She was like, you got to get Jim on the podcast because we've been doing guests, you know, various guests the last couple months. And I was like, well, I'd love to talk to Jim because, you know, he's he's a legendary figure. And and sure enough, we rode the pole together and here we are. So you are the... Well, thank you. She is a big fan of yours and (laughs) actually is the one that tipped me off to the podcasts. And so I've been listening to them and enjoying them. And uh, Mm -hmm. she was uh for many years helping in our stats and uh mm-hmm. so yeah we worked closely together in the guidance office and uh shared that love in the basketball court as well <laughs> you are the uh, second retired elkhart county boys basketball coach I, that seems very specific to say but yeah, i think you're the second guest uh to jim Hahn, who we had back on in march who led concord and and you kind of shared a fun story about uh, with Jim Hahn, uh, before we came on, you want to maybe share that story about going to a practice once with Jim? Sure. <laughs> I uh, enjoyed uh, coaching, and, you know, it's a lot about borrowing ideas and picking up tips from others. So uh, I called Jim after they'd had a sectional championship, and we were eliminated from the tournament and just asked, hey, Jim, you know, would it be all right if I'd stop by? I often called him. Uh, to get their Lakeland tapes because uh, they played uh, Lakeland to begin the season. We were like three games in, and he said, sure, come on over to practice. And so I was curious, you know, what kind of shell drills they do, what kind of transition work, and Jeff Massey walks out of the locker room. He walks over to the court. There's a bunch of balls, and he he grabs one with each hand. First, you know, for a guard to be able to palm the balls, just Mm -hmm. pick them up, walked over to the rim, and Bam, bam, two dunks, you know, I'm like, whoa. Okay, so this is what basketball is life at Concord. Like, okay, here's a D1 athlete, and, you know, like, we don't have kids that can do that. There's a real difference here. Yeah, that was that was probably a good sign. It was like, well, you know, there's only so much you could do unless you have, you know, Division One athletes like that. So that was pretty funny. I thought that was really good. And I I talked to Jeff for the, our story I wrote back about that 1990 team and uh, just – it was really fun talking to him about just kind of like the season that they had that year and, uh, you know, playing in front of 41,000 at Damon, Damon Bailey, the Hoosier Dome, right? I mean, that's... Oh, man, what we, what an experience, right. you know, and just the, the atmosphere back then when gyms were packed full, you know, you go to Northside and it was packed, you know, when we were hosting Westview to kick off the season, there wasn't, you know, a seat left mm-hmm. in the house and it just... 
uh, Elkhart County was full of fandom at that point. And mm-hmm. uh, now, you know, it's a little hard, a little discouraging to go into gyms and you see them a third or half filled. And that was back in the day when the atmosphere was lively and, mm-hmm. and Concord had that uh, sound meter rocking and, <laughs> yeah. and it was, McEwen was crazy. <laughs> and it, it was, it was a fun atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun times. Um, Obviously, this year you can't really have crowds. Um, <laughs> that's not anything related to you know basketball itself. That's just a world thing right now. Unfortunately. It really is. You know, so. I watched our uh, Bethany's season opener with Westview. You know, as a streaming, and that's what people are doing now. So mm-hmm. uh, it's just really uh, an odd time, and we have to all grit our teeth and get through it. You know, mm-hmm. it's a it's a hard hard thing, but we certainly want kids to have that opportunity to play and you know mm-hmm. if this is the best we can do then well that's the way it is mm-hmm. yeah obviously you know this is a crazy uh, <laughs> crazy year we've obviously all been living through it um and just in the sense of sports you know luckily indiana we got through the fall um relatively unscathed i would say uh football just finished up the state finals this past weekend but you're seeing a lot of basketball games a lot of wrestling matches um you know, canceled, postponed. It's hard to figure out who's playing where and when. You just basically have to, like, text people the day of, being like, are you playing today? Like, <laughs> just make sure that I know you're playing. Um, For sure. As a coach, you know, obviously you, you've been retired from coaching since 2012, so it's, you're, you're, always, you're always a coach, I know that. But, like, um, if you had to go through a season like this, I guess, how would you try to manage everything, the, the details and the prep? Like, because you could wake up today – be ready to play a game, and then midday at school, oh, it's canceled because of contact tracing. Yeah, the 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 up and downs of the emotional swing in this has to be just gut wrenching. Uh, I was listening to a, a couple of college football coaches talking about how much time they had spent on film watching for opponents only to be shifted to a new schedule, only to be shifted to a third <laughs> opponent and feeling like, you know, is there any purpose to this? And yeah. it kind of goes back a little bit to what uh, John Wooden used to say, you know, uh, prepare, make, make sure you do the things that you do well and let the rest take care of itself. But how you work with that uh, and kids and their emotions, you're excited, you want to play on Friday night. And, you know, I saw... Even as of yesterday, uh, we have four area games canceled or postponed, Mm -hmm. delayed and and moved. And, you know, so what's going to happen in January? Are we going to be packing four or five games into a week? Do you have any time to practice and correct things? You just have to really work hard to be positive and maintain yourself. Uh, it's it's a very difficult time for sure. Right, and you know, obviously, like <clears throat> a lot of these non-conference games will probably not get rescheduled. You're trying to do your best, but you got to make sure to get conference games in first. I would assume, you know, obviously, for sure. NLC wants to play NLC, and you know, for a school like Bethany Christian, I know now they are in a Hoosier Plains conference. It's new this year, but traditionally not in a conference so a lot of the teams you're playing are non-conference games do you think that will go against Bethany in that sense because other schools are going to want to try to schedule their conference games or reschedule their conference games first yeah I think that could be a real challenge Um, you know we play a lot of the NECC teams and so when you're looking at Prairie Heights or Central Noble or Fairfield and you have these uh, games that are you know you're playing little bigger tougher people 
knowing it's going to be a challenge, but at least that it helps prepare you for a stretch tournament run, that you're going to be facing good competition there. And then all of a sudden those games are wiped off the slate. Uh, where do you go to find those extra games? There aren't a lot of 1A teams in this area. Right. You know, you end up driving an hour and a half <laughs> or two hours to find somebody to play. Uh, do you end up playing somebody two or three times? Uh, you know, it, it it, it could really create some scheduled juggernauts. It's going to be a lot of Bethany Christian, Elkhart Christian games. <laughs> exactly. Because, you know, that in the sectional with Bethany, too, it's, you know, like it's Fremont and, you know, Blackhawk. Well, Blackhawk used to be in it with the boys. Obviously, they're, they're very good from Fort Wayne right yes. now. Uh, they could beat a lot of 4A teams probably. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I'm thinking of um, Lakewood Park Christian, right? That's another drive, right? right. Like. Exactly. Um, yeah, Lakeland Academy down in near in Winona Lake, right? So like, you, that's a long drive, you know, during the day, and the, this all in your sectional, so it is tricky, um, you know, to kind of reschedule those games. Like you mentioned, there's not many 1A schools around here, right? Uh, that you can play so, like that. So yeah, it it could be a real challenge uh, mm-hmm. post Christmas. Um, <laughs> so, you know, hopefully people are going to be safe and uh, continue good practices of health and hygiene, mm-hmm. but. Uh, when the spread comes, it's just, it's very, very difficult. Yeah, it is. So, well, let's talk a little bit about your, uh, <clears throat> your career, kind of how you got to Bethany. Um, you were hired, your first season was the 80, 1980-81 season. How did you, uh, were you, where are you from, I guess, originally? I should ask that. Were you, are you from the area originally, and how did you kind of get to the Bethany job? Yeah. Well, uh, trying not to make that too long, uh, <laughs> We got I, no, I, no time limits here. No very time good. Limits. Thanks, Austin. <laughs> uh, so I um, born and raised uh, Jefferson uh, area and attended there through tenth grade, and in the eleventh grade, uh, that uh, nineteen sixty nine was the year that uh, Jefferson and Middlebury merged to form Northridge, and I wanted to stay at a smaller school, and my twin brother and I. Uh, chose to spend our last two years at Bethany and then went off to college was going to be a psychologist and I came home uh, my wife and I got married we were uh, going to work a couple years before heading to grad school and during that time I started in construction with a friend we developed a partnership and out of the blue a friend of mine called and said there's an opening at Bethany for the basketball job and I think you should apply (laughs) I'd done some informal coaching at rec league and so on but you know no real formal coaching experience did you play in high school did played in high school played my freshman year in college and then with a knee injury uh, that was the end of my playing so you were around the game it wasn't like out of the blue like right right. it wasn't like your friend was like oh hey you like watching basketball you should coach right I like watching (laughs) basketball right (laughs) but uh, I applied and got the job and uh, that was Dan Bodiker, my high school coach, uh, served as my JV coach and really as my mentor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had lots of passion and zeal for the game. I uh, went to many, many coaching clinics. Uh, Mike Krzyzewski, uh Tom Izzo, uh, Rick Pitino. You know, I, I traveled quite a bit. Uh, I, I went uh, St. Louis. I, I, anyway, I yeah. spent a lot of time trying to learn from the people that I respected and knew as uh, masters in the game. Uh, but uh, Dan Bodiker taught me a lot about character and coaching. And so it was that opportunity then uh, turning loose my energy with uh, <laughs> the young guys that came into the school. And we had 
uh, many, many good years together. Yeah, so you, you started coaching in 80, 81. Um, when did you start working at the school? Well, I coached for the first year only as the coach, and then a part-time teaching job came up, and I took that for two years. And then in my fourth year, uh, there was a full-time position, and I had to kind of decide, am I going to continue in my carpentry business and end up going to grad school, or am I going to jump in and become a full-time teacher? And so I made a, a fairly pivotal decision at that point and entered the educational field, mm -hmm. and that's where I was. Mm -hmm. What did you teach? I was half math and social studies, uh, okay. kind of a mix, and I did that for the first roughly 20 years of my educational experience, and then I uh, got my uh, degree in counseling and took over in the counselor role. Right. So you end up being a guidance counselor there at the school. So you probably spent 20, another 20 years as a guidance counselor? Correct. 21, somewhere yeah. around there? Exactly. Okay. Uh, that's pretty cool. So you, you get the job, you start coaching, uh, and, uh, you know, I was reading kind of the story that uh, we wrote about you when you retired back in May, and you mentioned how... Uh, getting a home gym was a huge thing for you guys because you would play your home games whether at, at Goshen College or wherever you could play a home game. Wherever. You know, yeah. we were in Whiteman Junior High Gym at Goshen, but we were in Syracuse. Uh, we had a lot of elementaries that we had to go to. I think uh, we counted up nine different schools that we kind of used as our home gym. Mm -hmm. But certainly the inauguration of our new gym was an experience mm -hmm. I'll never forget. Um, yeah. We had... Jeff and Joel Miller, uh, who uh, are now kind of owner-operators of the Essen House, and those twins were playing as seniors. We decided, I don't remember exactly where the idea came from, that on our first basket, we were going to throw toilet paper on the floor, and we were going to christen the place. And so we had these officials... And they said, you know, I mean, it's going to be a game stoppage. We'll have to call a tee. And I told them, you know, you do what you have to do because we're going to do what we have to do. <laughs> so we were three or four possessions back and forth. And Phil Friesen came down, hit a three in transition, top of the key, the scoreboard, Bethany three, Westview zero. And the floor just got flooded with toilet paper. It took us 10 minutes to clean it up. Westview makes their technicals and the game goes on. We lost by two. Really? And, you know, there was some uh, little bit of, oh, you know, did we do the right <laughs> thing? But, you know, it was fun. Yeah. Now, just the great irony of this is that one year later, Westview opened their new gym that they are now playing in. Mm -hmm. We had the same officials. Really? And uh, so the officials were asking us in the pregame, you know, like, what's going to happen here? And Gerald Esch, you know, uh, Jerry, good friend and a very good coach there, uh, said, oh, look, uh, I mean... He knew that we were we had quite a few guys back and we were going to be competitive. And he said, uh, "We're we're not doing any of that stuff." And I said, "Jerry, you don't have to worry about it. We got ten kids planted in your section. The first time you guys hit a basket, we're flooding the floor." <laughs> His eyes got about as big as goose eggs, and he was freaking out the whole oh, awesome. first two or three minutes. They were just looking and seeing. That was awesome. As it turns out, fortunately, we hit a couple of shots right down the stretch in the fourth quarter, and we ended up beating them by two, inaugurating wow. their gym. That's awesome. So, Look at that. No toilet paper, but uh, <laughs> a fun story and a, a, a fun memory. Yeah. I'm sure like that that first home home game, that true first true home game for you, there's probably a lot of emotions attached to that, just because you... You know, you've been coaching the team now for eight, nine years at that point, and you haven't played a true home game. Just 
What do you remember pregame, getting ready, and just kind of some of those like emotions just when you look back at that now, 31 years later, not oh, to man. not to beat I, you? It was so <laughs> such such an exciting time. Um, I remember when the steel first showed up at the job. I uh, had a classroom that was down at the end of the hall, right adjacent to where the gym was being built, and I you know I would teach for 10 minutes and then I would step out and take a look and <laughs> when they were finally setting that first I-beam I went out there and I grabbed the wrench and these guys with hard hats are all running around you go you can't be out here I said no I am bolting this first thing down you <laughs> let me put this steel I-beam on so they took the crane set it down in I got to turn the wrench and crank in one bolt yeah uh, <laughs> that the just the emotion of being there at home in that brand new environment there was so much energy the place was packed and it was just an experience I'll not forget right and you know I think you know it, it, it's funny to think about like them building that whatever 30 plus years ago I think now if the same thing was going on you'd be like oh let me get my phone out take a picture you know what I mean exactly like, you couldn't document that moment like you'd be like hey can you film me wrenching it yeah oh yeah right I mean right way back before <laughs> right. uh, phones and all that instant camera stuff but uh it's just funny yeah to think just about. really fun memories back so, from then so the 90s early 2000s uh or almost the 2000s you had some very good teams and the expansion to the class system um, helped you guys kind of achieve some of that postseason success that you guys had never been able to really get. Um, four sectionals, like I mentioned, two regional championships, 98 and 02. Um, I don't want you to play favorites, but I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, any one of those teams stand out as a favorite team? It doesn't have to be any of those teams I listed off either. Well, um, you know, there are certainly games and, and um, seasons and specific players that I uh, could think of that uh, will be uh, highlights of my cherished memories of basketball. Uh, the 2002 season, when I uh, had my son as uh, one of the members on the team, was a very special memory. He and uh, several of his classmates had you know, grown up playing together. And the year before, we had probably uh, what most people would have considered a better team. We'd won the sectional in 2000, thought we might have a chance to do it again in 2001, and had a really unfortunate late turnover that cost us uh, <laughs> that championship. Um, feels like a searing memory oh, 20 years I, later. I, I, don't <laughs> I didn't mean to bring that up. I didn't even bring it up. Oh, that was painful. We like thought that. we were going back to back, I'm, and I'm it didn't sorry. happen. So I'm we sorry. get to 2002, and... You know, people weren't really expecting a lot of us, and we were 7 and 11, uh, mm -hmm. three quarters of the way through the season when we kind of hit stride. And three of our four last games in the season, we won in overtime. Uh, and then we, we just felt like we were on a roll, and we got into sectional play. Uh, things kind of fell our way. We won two games in the regional, uh, both the morning and the evening mm -hmm. championship. We won in overtime. <laughs> and, you know, the guys were very calm and confident. Like, we've been here, we've done this, we know what we're doing. And so that team that went to semi-state, we lost by 11 to Blue River, who the next weekend won the state by 27. And we felt like, you know, man, we were right there on the edge. So mm -hmm. um, that would have to be rated certainly as one of the best mm -hmm. teams uh, just with the surprise of success that we experienced at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. So I gotta, ha I have to ask this question because I think uh, it's a, it's a, uh, 
I'm trying to think of the right word, but controversial, uh, a lot, lot of strong opinions on it. The class system, of course. Yeah. One class forever in Indiana, um, but when they went to four classes, programs like yours got to really reap the benefits of that and win sectionals and regionals and make those runs. I guess, are you more of an old school guy where you want the one class or are you okay with the four classes? Divisive well, is the word I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, there divisive. you go. It is, it is a divisive issue. And uh, <laughs> I have uh, debated uh, publicly with Anthony Anderson about this for a long time. <laughs> Hello, uh, Anthony. <laughs> great guy. And, yeah, great guy. Um, I remember the quadruple overtime loss to Northwood Andy Hershey uh, and uh, in Dan Gunn's squad uh, at Goshen Gym. That was probably the closest that we came. Uh, Friday night semifinal. I really felt like that was a team that could have won the uh, single class sectional. But we're playing uh, Goshen, Northwood, Northridge. You know, it was just a, it was a very mm-hmm. tough sectional what, pairing for us. What year was that? Oh boy, uh, was um, just a little bit ahead of when class started. So I'm going to say late '80s, probably '87, mm-hmm. '88. Okay. And uh, that was a that was a really really good team we had. Um, but the class system, one of the things that has happened over the last 20 years, is that um, schools have specialized. The IHSAA when they took away restrictions on summer practices means now that most of the larger schools have programs where if you want to excel in basketball or if you want to excel at a certain sport, you're participating in those open camps through all summer long. Mm -hmm. And at smaller schools like Bethany, where we have to have guys playing soccer, basketball, and baseball, trying to figure out how to squeeze as much as we can out of our good athletes, uh, it's just very difficult. So, you know, Rob Yoder, a guy I really mm-hmm. respect out of Westview, and man, he had a fantastic career at Westview. Uh, but he's going to Wisconsin, uh, taking his kids. They're playing a 35-game schedule. And we're trying to figure out how to get two open gyms per week. <laughs> uh, you know, right. the, the realities of being able to challenge larger schools in a consistent way uh, is a is just a huge huge challenge, and so I think in that sense the class system has given the smaller schools an opportunity to allow their athletes to play in multiple sports, uh, be in the choir, uh, participate in forensics and speech and debate, and right. uh, still uh, have chance at success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's always been fascinating. You know, I'm I'm originally not from Indiana. I'm in Illinois, born and raised, and we've always had the class system in my life there, and just kind of fun to come here and like hear people talk about like, oh, so much better with one class, and it's like, you really want to see Bethany Christian play Northridge? Like, I've seen North, like especially in the last couple of years. Like, no offense to Bethany Christian or anything, but Northridge has been one of the better teams in the area. Oh, for sure. And they're, and last year they, they are outstanding. They looked great on Saturday too against Westview, and it was like, man, like again, like these guys are gonna be good again. Like they can't right. miss. It's it was really impressive, but like. I don't need to see Northridge play Bethany in the sectional, you know, like, no, and that's no offense to anyone in that, you know, so I, it just blows my mind to think that that used to be a thing, you know what I mean? So, right, for sure. And that's yeah, just I think in, in all my years of coaching, we beat them twice, and uh, 
Once uh, a fun story, uh, Irv Pratt was coaching and uh, Tom Lance, who is the Elkhart County scoring champion that year, uh, had just a marvelous game. We didn't have a lot of uh, scoring depth that year and uh, Tom went off and uh, we ended up beating Northridge and on Tuesday in the papers Irv Pratt resigns I mean he was <laughs> he, he retired you know he, he was uh, at the age where it was time for that to come yeah. you know and people were asking a lot you know did you cause Pratt to retire you know, like well I didn't want to say no you know, like, Atlanta let the, the folklore you know spin its tail but of course that you know mm-hmm. wasn't true uh, yeah uh, well, you'll just say that forever, though. Every time you see him, you're like, yep, yeah. I made you retire, man. Exactly. <laughs> Irv, sorry to cause you that, you know. <laughs> he just couldn't yeah. recover. But, the, you know, the, the thing that's hard about our system, uh, as we mentioned earlier, the, the half-empty gyms, you know, is it the class system? Is it that kids have so many electronics now? There mm-hmm. are so many other things for them to do, uh, yeah. be involved in. What yeah. is what has caused kind of this, this uh, demise of participation, and mm-hmm. that's a hard thing to see. And I think certainly you could say that class sports uh, contributed to yeah. some of that. Yeah, we we here have like explored that a lot. The Goshen News wrote stories about it the last couple of years, just kind of breaking down like what is it, like what other things. I mean, like you talk to different people, and you know we were able to make it a statewide thing because we have a, a very nice reach with our company and got some nice viewpoints in and. Um, yeah, it is really interesting, you know, because, uh, you know, there are still some places and some some games where, you know, the crowds are great. Westview, obviously, like being out there for home games when they've been good the last couple of years, it's pretty packed, pretty full pretty gym. Full. Absolutely. Um, you know, I've seen games at Northridge. They've been uh, and winning helps, you know, and that. Right. You know, that's a big thing, you know. Um yeah, you, know, you go when, out to the western part of the state where there are quite a few more 1A teams. Uh uh, in the Valparaiso area, uh, Hebron Couts, uh, Washington Township, you right. go and, you know, they have smaller gyms, but they're packed on Friday mm-hmm. night and uh, in a, a very competitive conference. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's fun to see. Right. And some other sports have grown too. Like, you know, soccer has become a bigger sport Huge. in the last 20, and especially at Bethany, you guys, they've been very good at boys soccer, girls soccer has come back and won a couple sectionals. And, you know, obviously <clears throat> this year, with limited crowds, you can't really, this year you can't use as anything for a crowd size debate. But Correct. like, even two years ago, watching, you know, go to the, even the sectional final this year for Westview and Bethany boys soccer, you know, it was pretty packed, like even with right. the restrictions and it was loud and engaging. And, uh, you know, that, that also probably plays a factor too. It's just, you know, other sure. sports have grown up and grown into this and, you know, and it, it just is what it is. And some people just don't want to maybe go to every game or have the money to go to every game. You know yeah. what I mean? It, it still does cost money. As a journalist, I don't really have to deal with that. That's that's the reason why I got in is I don't have to pay to go to anything. It's great. Uh, <laughs> watch all this basketball for free. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah. So any other um, any other memories or stories stick out to you from your time? Is there like a definitive go-to Jim Bowler coaching story? Uh moment in a game or a player or after a game something like that that you can well a fun story that lingers in our family uh, <laughs> the, oh boy. <laughs> uh, we were playing uh prairie heights I, I guess i guess i'd have two stories quickly uh but we we're playing prairie heights at uh and goshen for some reason they had a little water problem on their whiteman floor and the uh, Goshen High School team was away on that Friday night, and so we were playing in their uh, on their main floor, and we had the ball out of bounds 
with uh, about four seconds left and down one and uh, had to go the length of the floor. We drew up what we thought seemed like a pretty good play. Mm -hmm. And the guy that I had inbounding uh, is now my brother-in-law. Uh, <laughs> at that time, a senior in high school, John Mast, and he was pretty juiced up. We uh, had a kid that had been shooting well, and it was kind of the old Christian Leitner play. You know, we're going to throw it mm -hmm. far to the top of the key. He's going to catch it, turn around, and bury it, and we're going to win. And, you know, just matter of fact, how we're Leitner, talking about this. The Leitner play before the Leitner play. Exactly. <laughs> and so uh, here we go. Uh, and he was so cranked up that he threw the ball about 13 rows up into the Goshen stands. <laughs> so now all Prairie Heights, all the way oh down court. Oh, my God, that's amazing. Prairie Heights has the ball out underneath our basket. All they have to do is inbound it, and they win the game. And so we called another timeout, reviewed the play that we were supposed to have run, and then <laughs> said, now we have to get a five count. We have to deny. Everybody grab your man, step on his toes if you have to. We got to do what we do. They do not get the ball in. And sure enough, we got a five count. God. Our ball, we didn't call timeout, and we ran the play again. John hits him, and Scott Slayball buries a shot from the top of the key, and we win. <laughs> and like no three-pointers then, so you right. know we he hits a, a three-point, what would have been a three-point shot, but it's a two-point basket, and we win by one, and the crowd goes crazy. So a <laughs> uh, really fun thing, and uh, you know. John will always remember that he threw that accurate pass to Scott Slave. Yeah, John, and you're the one that just about caused me to go bald that night. So, oh, that's a fun that's one. That's awesome. That's yeah. great. That's funny. Oh, my God. And, and the, the yeah. second story I need to relate quickly, uh, Gary Chupp, our athletic director mm -hmm. at Bethany, great uh, just a tremendous, yeah. tremendous player. And he was on a senior team the tallest of our players we were essentially playing five guards or four guards and one forward uh, and that year we uh, had to play Prairie Heights at their place and they were a, a conference champ undefeated from the year previous and they had a, a six eight six eight six seven front line they were very very talented pretty big and we decided we're going uh, Phil Ford, North Carolina, spread them out, hold the ball. And uh, so we practiced that for two days. And then I told the guys, now you have to go home and get permission from your dads. They need to know what we're doing. I don't want to be hung out to dry and booed out of the gym by our own fans. And everybody got excited about it. So we kept it on the lid. And uh, it was 5-5 five, five at the end of the first. Uh, 11 all at halftime. Uh, 29 tied at the end of regulation. Wow, explosive. Oh, yeah, second so, half. Not the yeah. third quarter. <laughs> no, so we, right. So at the end of the game, tied up for 29. But uh, we stole the tip we everybody rotated on the tip in overtime came down spread them out uh hit free throws and won 35 31 Amazing. in overtime and uh that was a game that just gave me confidence that you know with the right group of kids with the right chemistry uh that you know taking advantage of the rules uh and and playing our style of ball you can be successful and and that that's a game i'm sure all of those guys will remember and that's why we need a shot clock <laughs> there you go i would vote uh, heartily for a shot clock I, it, it's a style i would yeah. have abhorred uh -huh. playing no, I, but for that game and that 
time and that team a, a fond memory. Yeah, that's awesome. So you get you get to the end here, uh, 2011, 12 season. Did you think about, you know, obviously you're still working at the school, but did you think, okay, maybe the coaching, this is going to be the last season going into it? I guess what happened there uh, in, at the end of your run? Yeah, you know, at, at the end of 2002, when uh, my son moved on, I debated uh, – retiring uh, from coaching at that point but I still enjoyed doing it and uh, Jordy had a couple of opportunities to play at uh, several places but eventually ended up uh, playing for Stan Doherty at Goshen College and Stan Doherty had a freshman coming in uh, to Bethany Trevor Doherty who uh, ended up as a coach's son, knowing and understanding a lot about basketball, he played for me while my son was playing for his dad at the college. And so we had kind of that cool yeah. father-son relationship. And then Trevor ended up staying as an assistant and a very sharp basketball mind. And um, so we, we did that for a good number of years. What eventually happened was our uh, principal, our head of school, Alan Duick, retired and they were, Bethany was looking for a replacement and they had interviewed several candidates, but the board wasn't quite certain that they had found the person as a replacement yet. And so they came to me in September and said, Alan is retiring in December. We'd like you to fill in as interim head of school for the second semester. And uh, this will be a, a, a one semester fill in. Uh, and while you are, uh, also trying to manage the guidance role. We'd like to see you continue in the guidance role. Mm -hmm. uh, so I was taking on this massive responsibility right. and it just became relatively clear at that point, I, I cannot do that and coach. And I didn't want to have an announced farewell tour of some kind. It just seemed like, okay, this is the right time. Mm -hmm. And at Gary Chupp, a uh, former player who had coached, you know, at right. Bethel College in Kansas and had coached at Goshen College here. Mm -hmm. Very successful coach. And I talked to Gary and said, Gary, I, I think it's time I need to step down and you need to take over. Interim, uh, you can do this for a year until you want, maybe you want to stay, maybe you want to find somebody. Mm -hmm. And he agreed he'd take in for an interim. So this decision happened mm -hmm. very uh, quickly over a two week period. And obviously during that time, we weren't talking to anybody outside the Bethany circle about it, right. just trying to decide and process. I had had uh, five sophomores starting that year, my last year, and was thinking, boy, you know, this is a group that's gonna be fun. There are a lot of guards, but pretty athletic pretty creative and you know the next two years I'll get to reap the benefit of that mm -hmm. it was one of the uh, fewest win seasons I'd had but I was looking forward to the next two and then as it turns out <laughs> that was the end yeah. uh, but you know I'm at peace with it I I had so much fun so much joy in that opportunity mm -hmm. and uh, it just ended a little bit differently than I would have predicted yeah and then 2015 they name the court after you uh, and I'm sure for you, I mean, you are, that court was built, you know, we talked about it. You you put the first wrench in, you know, you put the first bolt into that into that building and then they named the court after you like 30 years after that happens. Uh, the emotions yeah. of that night when they had the ceremony and everything, just kind of take me through that. Well, that again was a, a huge surprise. Uh, you know, I 
I knew they were going to do a recognition uh, at the end of the game there, and that was a that was a fun uh, time. We had a lot of alumni back. Uh, it was a, it was special in hearing from um, former players and so on. Uh, but the the court naming was a bit of a surprise. I uh, it felt a little excessive to me. <laughs> um, you know, I I loved my opportunity to work there and certainly the school was very gracious in allowing me to do what I love to do have so many many good relationships from players and coaches that I was able to work with during that time uh, it it's still a little humbling to walk in and uh, mm-hmm. see that on the floor uh, but uh, a lot of my life energy and investment uh, mm-hmm. I have very fond memories of that yeah that's Got to be kind of a full circle moment almost, right? In, really in a was. Sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 Good way to describe it. Yeah. Because, I mean, or full French moment. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming back. Uh, you know, obviously you retired uh, from guidance counseling. Uh, this was your last year, this past school year. And, you know, you mentioned to me beforehand, uh, before we recorded that uh, you were thinking about doing this a year ago anyway from, from retiring. And, of course, <laughs> What a way to go out with the with the pandemic! Oh my goodness! I, this, are you are you almost is it hindsight twenty twenty being like wow thank God I got out while I did get out? Yeah, you know I uh, I miss it the the really good people there that I have close uh, friendships with um, the administration the teaching staff and then the relationship with the kids those are all things that uh, was lifeblood for me I. Uh, walk three miles or three minutes from my front door to the school door you know I'm right across the street essentially and so it feels like there's a large part of me that is still over there at the school Mm -hmm. but on the other hand uh, I'm at the age where uh, a little slower pace of life taking care of grandkids uh, doing some things around the house a little more time for reading and reflecting. I do still watch a lot of sports, uh, college football and basketball, mm-hmm. uh, live streaming a lot of the area high school games. Um, so there's there's a balance and a, a rhythm of pace uh, that comes when you're in your late sixties. That you know it it, it it also feels rewarding for that. Yeah, I was gonna say, what do you? I was gonna ask, what are you doing to keep yourself busy right now in retirement? But you just kind of listed off everything you're doing: grandkids, sports. Things like that, watching thing, watching games. Uh, Jim, really thankful for you coming in today. I really enjoyed this conversation. Austin, um, it's been a delight to be it, with you. I've had a blast. I, I love because you know I'm not from the area originally, so I love talking to people who have been here a long time. Really get more of a sense of the history of the area, and and uh, you know that many not many better people to talk to than you in that in that regard. You you know coached like as like I said at the top, 371 wins, most in the county's history. Uh, you know, four sectionals, two regionals, and, uh, you know, pretty outstanding guy, I would say, all things considered. I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about you yet, so that's good. <laughs> I won't give you names to check in with. <laughs> well, maybe Anthony, uh, Anthony Anderson, maybe, I don't know. There but, you go. No, he's a great guy. We oh, Double uh, yeah. A has been, you know, yeah. just a really classy guy. Uh, that You know, the uh, Stu uh, here, Greg Keim, uh, you know, just lots of sports people that we've been able to share uh, memories and passion about the uh, joy of the journey. And it's been a really good time. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you again, Jim, for coming in. I really appreciate it. 
Um, good luck with everything in your retirement. Maybe I'll catch you at a game down the road. Maybe probably won't be till 2022, but you know, or the 21 2 season. But you know, who knows? For sure. Maybe, That's maybe right. we'll have fans start coming back in uh, later this year. Who it knows? It could be. Right. Well, I, uh, <laughs> but you know, I saw you at the Goshen, or excuse me, the Westview Bethany soccer sectional. I almost yes. came over to say something to you at that point. <laughs> uh, because Denise had put me onto your podcast, uh-huh. and I just wish you the best and uh, continued success as you do this. It's a really cool thing you're doing for our area. Awesome, I I appreciate that. Thank you. I don't know. I, I said awesome as if like I was he was finishing up. I didn't even get congratulated for my stuff on this podcast. I'm thrown off right now. I'm very confused. It's very nice. <laughs> uh, well, thank you again, Jim, for joining us. Uh, really appreciated the time, and uh, that'll wrap up another edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. And we'll be back talking more sports with you next week. Thank you.